You will notice that every episode of Monkeys Took My Jetpack contains an explicit tag, meaning there may be language which would be unsuitable for work or for children. This time, we mean it. You've been warned. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, and thank you for downloading Monkeys Took My Jetpack, issue number 60. Here we are at long last, the big 6-0, and we're back with yet another Dresden Files session. I believe it's session number 15, but what's important is, regardless of what the actual session number is, it's the next one that we're listening to, and it's, I gotta say, this is one of my favorites. Not because it focuses very much on... David Mercury, although there is a lot of that in this episode. It's the fact that this, to me, is what makes the Dresden Files such a cool setting. It's not just the action scenes, it's not the different magical elements, it's the moral dilemmas that can come up, and I don't want to say any more lest I spoil. So, I'm just gonna get us right into it. We got our normal cast, which is Trilobite as our illustrious Game Master. Yours truly, Blind Geek, playing David Mercury, Josh, playing Ezra Crooklyn, and Thunderstep, playing Adam Dipple. So, you've waited long enough. Without further ado, grab a cup, bottle, mug, glass, or can of your favorite beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy Monkeys Took My Jetpack, issue number 60, A New Angle. play a game, mister. Yeah, I was just about to ask. Uh, you guys feel like doing some dressing? That's good. Sure. Okay. When last we left you guys, I hesitate to say our heroes, the city was still mostly blacked out. Rain was still uh, pouring down, making most of the city invisible and just rendering it into like black outlines against a dark blue sky, lit occasionally by thunder. And you were proceeding to one of the few islands of light in the city, namely the St. Thomas More Catholic Church, a sprawling edifice in the ancient Gothic style, hideous, crouched atop its hill, but lit warmly and with its great stained glass windows throwing out pools of multicolored light into the rain. There are numerous cars in its spacious parking lot and more pouring in. You had sent the directive as well as you could to the Paranet members who were gathering at the Gomez house, to meet here, and you decide to head there to supervise things, check in, or whatever else you had in mind, I don't really know. So there you are. do we? Just sounded like a good idea at the time. Now, who's taking care of all the families and everything that we set free? Uh, We had basically done that off screen. Called the cops, called, like, whatever the local... Yeah, I just wanted to confirm that's what we did. Yeah, whatever the local non-profit is that takes care of human trafficking victims. Okay. Profit of non. So who's driving, who's with who, where are we going? Well, right now you're pulling into the church parking lot. 
What was our current plan? I've totally forgotten. I don't remember. What were we doing? Really, guys? Yeah, really. I had totally forgotten. We were trying week. to get all the Paranet members together and figure out who's on this list, who isn't on the iPad that was from the, the warehouse. That's right. Oh, they were all on the list. And well, then we, there was the, yeah, the uh, pit care. Yeah, the red court were going to sell these people to the Fomori. Yeah, I know the red court was going to sell them. I also know that there was like a million other things going on. Yeah, we've got like so many different things. I mean, there's the whole. I, I, I was wondering what our current agenda. <laughs> there's the egg underneath the hospital. We need to think about. There's the people at the, with the paranet at the church. We were going to deal with the paranet people first. Casta Danyan. That's kind of the egg under the hospital. Yeah. Danyan, we were going to deal with the people at the at the chapel first, and then we were going to deal with the hospital once we knew everything was squared away. That I remember. One of the people on it was called. She wasn't part of the internet, and she was wondering how the hell we got our number. She was a pit cairn, and God, what the hell do the pit cairns do? They own the old abandoned prison for the criminally insane out there, which I still think might be where things are bound up and whatnot. Yeah, you discovered that it had been built by one, I believe, Thaddeus K. Pitcairn? No, Thomas K. Pitcairn. He had a overwhelming hand in its design. It was designed almost exclusively by him and yes. built by a company that he owned and, and is currently owned by Robert by family. and yes, Jessica Pitcairn and their adopted daughter from Eastern Europe, who is this other Pitcairn we just picked up or called or whatever, made contact with. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and I know we went there before and there was like big nasty thing underneath a big seal mm-hmm. that we, we ran away from. <laughs> And now we hear that someone's saying, like, south of us there is which the same general direction as this prison. There is where, in fact, the Castanyanka is sealed or something, or I can't remember what it was. We got some information from some people. You got information from Coyote. We got information from the snakes. No, in fact, apparently sometimes Coyote got to go fight Anubis or something like that. First things first, though. We got to deal with the people in the Paranet. Yeah. And then I agree completely with David in that we need to deal with the shit under yeah. the hospital. Well, dealing with the Paranet people is easy. Are you all here? Yeah. All right. We're going. Just stay here. You have sanctuary. Bye-bye. Sanctuary. That's right. Don't mind the guy up in the tower ringing the bell. He's cool. He's, yeah. Also, this is girl named Lisa I got to call at some point. What's what time is it? By now, it's about one in the morning. Fuck. Can we stop by like a Walgreens or something? What do you need? My arm hurts like hell. I need to fix it. Got some duct tape. What do you need? <laughs> they can make a boat out of it on Mythbusters. Surely it can do something with your arm. It can do I, something with his arm, and don't call him Shirley. I need clay. Clay work at the Walgreens? <laughs> oh, coyote. Anyway. Right, so. The other character's just staring Stare at you. Stare blankly at me, yes. I need clay. <laughs> all right, all yes. right. Clay. Real clay or like sculpty putty? I'll take what I can get. I need to sanctify it anyway. I just want to get the clay now to at least do a basic patch job. Can I call you Gumby from now on? I would. You call me Gumby, I will kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you and me, David. You and me. <sighs> And just so you know, I'm happy to handle this in summary. The whole, like you were talking about with the Paranet people, just checking, making sure they're all there. That's fine with me. We can go into it and we'll play it in detail if you want, but I'm happy to handle it in summary, depending on what works for you guys. Yeah, with your summary judgment. Okay. So then, briefly, uh, yes, everyone is here, although you have to wait about 45 minutes for everyone to arrive. Uh, it looks like Lisa, the woman that you found locked up in the refrigerator that they had taken extra special care with, looks like she's pretty much taking charge, like she tried to do back at the bookstore. 
and uh, Father Quinn, once he's reassured by uh, you, David, is willing to go along with this. He knows what's up with Buttercup. He's never said as much, but he also just doesn't ask any questions about your business. So that'll basically put you guys back in the car. So those are all the paranet people that I know. What was the Pitcairn girl's first name? I've totally missed it somewhere. Darcy. Darcy, really? Darcy Pitcairn. Mm -hmm. Was she there? No. When David called her up, I don't know. David, you can fill him in. I know she was like, what? Who are you? Why would you have my number? What the hell are you talking about? I remember that. Okay, no problem. I was just trying to see if I could get a make on her, but... No problem. The only person who's missing who was on your list and a parent member was uh, Tony Wazilkick. Weasel Dick. Weasel, we, yeah. Yeah. I've got his hair if we need to find him. I'm not really <laughs> concerned about Tony. Nah, nobody is. really is. He's our version of Freddy the Finger. Yeah. I don't know why he turned evil. <laughs> All the support from his friends. Oh, well. Good old Tony. The storm seems to be slackening. It's at least now just coming down in buckets instead of biblical amounts. I'm liking this. They probably didn't get to do what they wanted to do with the storm. So let's go to Walgreens and get him some clay and uh bench of Play-Doh slapped on his arm. Yeah, I know I know what I'm getting him for Christmas, by the way. I love the fact that you guys are making so light of this. I really appreciate it, let me tell you. We're going to get your as you guys pull in, bickering. <laughs> so we do. Does this continue into the store? Of course. I'm absolutely certain it does. Yes. <laughs> Put that neon blue shit down. It'll give you some color. Give you something to tell all your friends about. You want me to look like the fucking Hulk, don't you? That would be kind of cool, yeah, actually. Now. Yeah, now, now that you mention it, that would be pretty neat. Christ. Let me see what I can find. <laughs> swear to God, if I, if I deal with Play-Doh, I'm good. I look around to see if I can find a uh, little pony pokey figurine while he's gone. I'm just trying oh, to find like this clay, any type of basic clay. Yes. I'm going to I'm gonna have to sanctify it, use the alchemical things on it later. You can just make a declaration and say that it's there. That's no problem. Okay. Not going to make you hunt around the city for clay. Yeah. It's all the and, fancy shit that I'm going to have to do to it back in the shop to actually get it to heal. Yeah. <laughs> and personally, I like the idea that even Play-Doh or something like that would work. It works in a pinch, but it makes his skin blotchy. also uh, works in a pinch pot. Mm-hmm. Pinch pots. Make those up? Never mind. Never mind. All right. Ezra. Yes. I'm assuming, you know, get the clay, get back into the car. Ezra, I'm going to ask a favor of you. I would appreciate it if you please do not pull too many wisecracks. I promise nothing, but what do you need, sir? (sighs) I want you to take a look at my shoulder and tell me how bad the tear is. All right. I will do so. What kind of medical knowledge do you have? None other than basic scholarship. I know, yep, that's an arm. And if there's ligaments falling out of it, I can tell that's bad. But Okay, so a quick examination. It looks like the shoulder, elbow, and wrist are dislocated and probably uh, a tendon or a muscle or something somewhere in there has become unseated. Ugh, looks like you're all like slopping around like a bag of soup. Shit. <laughs> shit, 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 shit. Well, we ain't got time to fix it now. Ain't got time to bleed. Here, I got you a friend. You look like you could use one. I had nothing to do with that, Adam. You better be <laughs> I just picture it. I picture it cutting to outside the car, and David just comes flying out the window. Laughing even as laughing even as he soars through the air. You know, on one hand, which is about all you got to work with right now. Yes, I notice. Are we going to the hospital to help your daughter? Yes. Are we sit here and keep. Making- no, we're driving. We're this is. I thought we were on the move as we did yeah. all this. Don't be a pokey 
eating shit. Hey, man, just remember that the next time you start making donut jokes. I have not made a donut joke in days. (laughs) Well, I haven't made any Gumby jokes in ever, so... I got some catching up to do, pal. So it's a little after 2 a.m. when you finally make your way to the hospital, having had to take multiple detours because of flooded intersections, stopped cars, downed power lines, palm trees just lying across the road in places. You arrive to find the main parking lot completely submerged. It looks like a big storm-tossed lake. You have to drive all the way around to some little, like, service maintenance entrance where the only things here are ambulances that look like they've seen better days and official but anonymous-looking vans that just kind of have a weird, creepy vibe to them. They've got small, carefully lettered signs on them that look inordinately tasteful, all scrollwork and flowers and calligraphy. Hmm. What the hell are those? Search me. Looks like a disused side entrance on the hospital here. Well, we got a way in. We're going to try playing plumbers? It's going to be awful hard with my arm in a sling to fool anybody. That just shows you're a plumber who knows his job, man. Yeah. Took one for the team. One arm. Yeah. Yeah. We're the one-armed plumber. Killed my wife. <laughs> Which, actually, given his backstory, he probably shouldn't be making that joke. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, pictured, I pictured Ezra just looking at David in surprise when he said that. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Strike it or leave it in? I didn't think about that till after I said it. But well, you said it. Yeah. You said it. It's out there. All right. Actually, I kind of like the fact that he's feeling comfortable enough with his close circle that he can make a joke like that. It shows character development of a sort. The wind has picked up, but the rain has dropped a little bit, and you can actually see the clouds moving now. It's not just a solid wall of black up there. You know, instead you can see storm clouds scudding across the sky. Let's, uh... Did we ever try to see if we can get in? When did we get the plumber suits? Last session. Okay, we did a couple hours ago. In fact, right. you went through that whole firefight with these same suits on. Oh, yep. we're oh wow! I forgot we were wearing them already. Yeah. All right. Well then, outbuilding connected to the main hospital. One of those buzz to enter doors. Maintenance entrance written on there. Single yellow light in an almost bulletproof looking enclosure. Mm. All right, let's buzz it. All right, buzz, buzz. Makes a hideous sound like those doors in prison movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a large burger. Sorry. Hey, yeah, we're from uh, City Water and Power. We got to come in and check the pumps. It's uh, unusual uh, rainstorms. Causing flooding, backing up in the sewers. We had coming down and checked out the, the pipes and stuff. Yeah, we got to complain about a bad socket. Yeah, we'll check out the generator as well. The door starts making that horrible noise, and there's this sound like a safe door being opened, or Jesus. the world's largest rifle bolt being pulled back. Ka-chunk, ka-chunk. Well, here we go. I'm concentrating to keep my uh, aura down tight so I don't fritz out any electronics any more than I have to. Okay, give me a discipline roll for this, please. Sounds good. That's a five. So you feel, well, I don't know, what does that feel like? It feels like I'm covered in a uh, really itchy, heavy woolen blanket as I'm just muffling my energy down, but it really wants to get out. I like it. So the light just flickers a little bit as you pass under. Surprisingly thick metal door 
almost a foot thick, it looks like. And then this little dingy hallway with plexiglass all with the wire set in off on one side. A terminally bored-looking security guard who looks as though he may have been installed here when he was 18 and that's just kind of grown into the chair as he aged. <laughs> Got it. Waves one mummified hand just at the door on the other end, pressing the button. The buzzer is even louder in here in the enclosed space. Pops for the Muppet Show. Basically. Well, we will continue. Follow his direction towards the basement. You don't have to go very far. Beyond the second door is a gleaming ultra-modern corridor. It looks like the set for a science fiction movie about a hospital in space. Like, huh. if a hospital were the inside of an iPad, it would look like this. Huh. Is this the right hospital? Right hospital. And there's beautiful, highly stylized little placards. They almost look like they're hovering just above the wall. They're lit in some clever way so that only the letters and the writing glow just barely above the level of illumination in the hall itself, directing you to various wards, areas, and uh, the basement and sub-basement levels. Okay, guys, I grant you, I've never been in this part of a hospital before, but does this strike you as a little odd? It's a hell of a yeah. lot more advanced than the stuff that I'm used to. Same here. Well, yeah, you, they don't use Play-Doh in this place, I'm sure. I swear to God, I'm going to make you fucking eat it. <laughs> a pair of extremely tired-looking people <laughs> in scrubs come hustling by, talking quietly with each other, conferring over a clipboard. They don't even pay you any mind. Sub-basement? Sub-basement. Let's go. Keep heading down. Do we need to take the stairs for you, Ezra? I should be able to handle an elevator. I don't know. I love the image of you guys whispering furtively <laughs> as you huddle and move down the hall together. Elevator is similarly perhaps strange, it sounds like, to you guys. All smooth, rounded, white plastic with like a single line of pastel color into which is set some sort of lighting thing that is displaying the floor you're on. All right, guys... When the fuck did we step into Tron? What the hell? I don't say, know. Yeah, Star Trek. I was yeah. going to say, but still, yeah. I don't know. And if they're this high-tech down here in the goddamn basement, why the hell are we not seeing that shit up where the patients were? Now, that's what I'm thinking. Why isn't my daughter being able to benefit from this crap? I don't know. <sighs> Got a bad feeling about this. Uh, there's, a, there's a whispering hum, and you feel a slight rise in your stomachs as the elevator conveys you down, and in a moment... It opens onto the dingiest Cold War era sub basement you've ever seen in your life. Okay, now see, this is what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Feel better now. What does that say what? about us? <laughs> <laughs> Big overhead lamps come on with a series of audible clicks and hums, illuminating a catacomb like structure that spreads out beyond you. It's lined with aluminum storage racks full of moldering boxes kind of leaning under their own weight, the shelves themselves bowed. There's a faint skittering sound when the lights come on. Lovely. whole place smells like really old paper and groundwater. Now we come to the crux of the matter. How do we find the egg? <laughs> That's a very ah, good question. Hold on. I'm opening up my sight. Sorry, man. Okay. You know, Ezra... I'll take this one. I'll, I can get guidance. You don't need to put yourself through that. I would also like to remind the players that you guys do still have the temporary aspect of Blessed by Snake. Snake is 
a god of the lower earths and secrets and is in fact the one that told you about this what it called a spore yes and if i need to use an aspect in my guide my hand which i'm really you know, by the time I get a handle on these faith powers, we're going to be done with this campaign. That's the thing that's annoying. No, it's fine, man. You just basically um, you just say the... you're using that, and then you can more or less roll your conviction. Conviction. Okay, so it is conviction. And that's my superb skill, so I don't even have to look at the thing. And if I have to use an aspect, which it looks like I might, because goddamn, damn it. Because being... what? Yeah. Nope, they canceled themselves. I was looking at a lot of minuses, and then the other two were pluses, so I'm at five. And I yeah. will leave it at that. That basically lets you roll your conviction instead of any other skill. As long as you're in line and serving your purpose and you have time to pray. Okay, I thought it was the thing that gave me insight that I might not otherwise have. Oh, that's just your life. Oh. <laughs> you just tend to end up at places like disused side entrances with lax security guards. Right, okay. Well, you know what? I made the roll, so I might as well use it for something. Let me see what my skills are here. You could certainly give yourself over to faith and just kind of walk at random. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Kind of like Luke does when he's landing the ship on yeah. Dagobah. He just uses the force to figure out where Dagobah is. If you start meandering around, I'm going to try to find something that looks like a dousing rod and shove it in your hands. <laughs> no, no. Mr. Aiken, we're fine here. Hmm? Everyone just looks at David completely baffled. Never mind. You're probably better off. Were you still Is that a clay joke? Your... Is that what that was? Moving on. Like, that was moving, awful. Moving forward. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, that was really bad. The well, elevator hums almost inaudibly. That was inaudibly. Just like that was a bad pod. Just like that was just terrible. Just poorly constructed and badly executed. Just be ashamed <laughs> of yourself. David, you're scaring me because I'm agreeing with Ezra on this one. I have other things to think about. I don't have time to construct decent jokes. I'm looking for a spore. A coyote and they just come naturally. Why don't you do the uh, Amigo Montoya thing with your holy gun? You know, just hold it out in front of you. And... What the hell? What have we got? to lose but well no because if a bunch of people walk by see me carrying a piece that would probably not be the best way to go i don't see anybody else down here in the dungeon just then yeah exactly yeah just yeah of course were you still opening your sight, Ezra? Not if he's going to try and get guidance around a high. Okay, so give me a brief description here of what David is doing. David is walking. We have like a bunch of corridors and stuff in the basement, I'm assuming. Yeah, picture a catacombs, but okay. it is lined with disused storage and boxes full of old documents and little cubby holes with old pieces of medical equipment with tarpaulins over them and spider webs, all that good stuff. Okay, so David stands stock still and he's praying. He's got his eyes closed and he's concentrating. And then he walks down a corridor, takes a turn, walks down another corridor, stops, prays again, and starts walking. Once he really gets into it, he starts walking with his eyes closed. He just nice. his eyes his eyes are still closed and he's just walking and he's not running into anything. He's not like flawlessly navigating. Yeah, yeah, not like he's being controlled, but just like he just knows where he's going without even having to look. He's just meandering through with purpose through the catacombs. What's the reaction? Of Ezra <laughs> and Adam. At this point, kind of seen it. He's kind of creepy how he can do that. I've seen it before. How often do you see him do the holy roller thing? Quite a lot. It's kind of a thing. Well, yeah. Kind of disturbing how jaded I am about it. Now I think about it. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention anything because you disturbed me for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. You pass through a honest-to-goodness vaulted arch from which oh. hangs a plastic sign on cheap aluminum chains that says radiology and oncology. And you move straight down that corridor, David moving straight for the first time in a few minutes now instead of taking lefts and rights. Okay. And eventually, David, you stop 
in front of a battered old army green door with a fresh new bike lock set into a pair of hasps, one on the door, one in the old brick or something wall here. And there's a dirty, faded sign that reads Fallout Shelter. Oh, wow. Taking a proactive step for a moment here, if I need to do this, I will spend a fate point to ensure that he has an eidetic recollection of how to get back. Even... I would say that uh, you could trust in the Lord. That's what I'm implying, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So... I'm not going to require a fate point. Okay. That's part of your character. Cool. Because I have a feeling we may be chased out of here, and I don't want to have to worry about how to get back. So the three of you find yourselves here. The bike lock is twisted through the hawsers. And it's one of those that has the almost oily, organic-looking black plastic that's half-translucent over mm. segmented vertebrae-like metal. I step back. Adam? I gotcha. I love when he does this. I look at Ezra. Just a bike lock, right? Mm-hmm. I should be able to do that with one hand. Although, you know, if they've got alarms attached, this is going to be ugly. Just said that before I ripped it off. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I got us here. I'm not... My work is done. It'd be so give me some... Somebody put an alarm in a bike lock. What's this look like? I'm picturing one of the old classic dial bike locks. Mm -hmm. Talking about how like one end plugs into the other and it's dialed almost like a luggage dial. Yep. And the way I'm picturing it at the moment is Adam has his right arm in a sling because he can't do anything with it and he doesn't want to just flop on around. So he's reaching out with his left hand, looks at the bike lock, and then essentially he weaves the chain between his fingers, squeezes his fingers, and the chain pops. Oh, nice. It feels <laughs> slick and greasy under your hands with a little bit of grittiness, like decaying flesh or something brought up from the silty depths of the sea. Eh. And the metal underneath shatters almost like bones once you squeeze it hard enough. Wow. Either they need a better cleaning crew down here or we're getting into some serious stuff here. This yeah, is but that's awesome, dude. The two aren't exclusive. Mm. How come villains have always got to be dirty? That's my question. Just once I want to fight a supernatural monster that's also a clean freak. The door stands before you. In the the lock laying oh, in ruins I'm, at your feet. I'm opening the door after I bitch and moan about the cleanliness. <laughs> you know that creak that's at the beginning of a lot of radio horror shows? Good evening. Yeah. It swings open ponderously, emitting a low, tortured squeal. Revealing not so much a small room as like a rather large hallway with weird proportions. There's a bunch of equipment set back on the far wall. Some sort of vent in one side. Uh, looks like old cots and a bunch of boxes and stuff all piled up against the other side. And writing all over the walls, ceiling, and floor in dense, neat script. Yeah, hi, we're here to do your uh, annual psychopath checkup. Your voice echoes back from the little chamber and continues into the now-darkened labyrinth behind you. Wow, this is encouraging. I've got a bad feeling about this. You always have a bad feeling. that. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. No, I think it means exactly what I think it means. All right, wonderful. You're the one with a gun. I'm the one with a gimp arm. You go in first. All right, I draw my gun. You can see the whole place from this entrance. It's not that big. Hmm. Behind you, you can hear the lights turning off individually, much as they turned on when you came in. The hell, they a motion sensor? Is that, or we've just fallen into a trap of some sort? You're not helping. All right. What do the walls say? Wow. It's hard to tell where it starts, but it looks like it's some sort of narrative 
are you guys just both stepping in and looking around to read? Yeah. You have to get up close to it because it is very, well, it's not really small script, but you can't just read it from here. It's dense, neat block printing. Ezra, can you give us more light? Yeah, of course I can give you more light. Bing! Thank you. Like the tip of the wand? Yes, no problem. Harry Potter it up. <laughs> I, I go in and since I'm the tallest, I try to find where this thing starts, near the ceiling or wherever. The children are showing remarkable rates of recovery since I began this program of meditation, fasting, and prayer. David, you're reading something about the necklace, as my dreams promised, must be having an effect. I can almost feel it absorbing the negative energies of... And, David, you're reading something about um, complete remission, 100% success rate, no signs of tumors, and reversal of metastasis, the children returning to full health almost miraculously. Can we safely assume we're just reading all this out loud to each other so we don't have to... Yeah. If that's what you guys are doing, yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right, yep. After a few minutes, well, you could probably piece it together on your own, but it looks like this is a narrative of a Dr. Angle, and he apparently works in children's oncology and had been struggling with a number of issues. He lost his own child to cancer uh, not very long ago and went through a dark time in his life, but he began having dreams with like a kind of a mysterious figure calling to him and he opened himself up to that, pursued meditation and things to do this. And then he received a vision of this symbol, this necklace, like he built that a woman named Faith gave him a stone that she said had been given to her by the same figure in these dreams, and he built this into a necklace, and using that and praying over the children with it, as well as administering his normal regimes of medicine, uh, he began seeing miraculous rates of recovery in these kids. That's got all the hallmarks of the casted on Yantic. You know, the sad thing is, if it had been left at just this, it wouldn't have been quite so bad. I mean, no. saving children. What's wrong with that? Still dealing with outsiders and that stuff. Usually they get you with the nice, easy stuff, and then it's just all downhill from there. That's why we got the laws of magic. Yeah, I know. I'm just it being wistful. It just stops there. Yep. And he has felt compelled to come to this place and to write a record so that others will know of what he's done and what has possible. He says that he has saved some 34 children this way. Where is the good doctor now? That name sounds really familiar. What was the name? Engel. Engel. What was the name of the doctor working on your daughter? Shit. No, that wasn't the name. Yes, it was. Shit? No. Engel. Engel! He said he was filling in that night, and he talked to you about having seen some miraculous things. He kept holding something under his shirt. Yes, 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 yes. Go upstairs to your daughter. Yeah, I think I better. This I now do. We'll take care of this down here. And he had black dog on his fucking shirt. Yes, he did. Bad feeling. Bad, bad feeling, he says, as he's rushing off. You are hounded by anger, he said, holding out a fate point. And I take it, so... He is very unsubtly rushing up the stairs. He's ready to send someone straight to hell, and his name... Oh, so wait a minute. Is he pounding up the stairs all the way up to the top floor? Do it. Yeah. I did. Well, I'm hesitating because I don't know if I'm going to be very good at thinking on my feet when I think what is about to happen will happen. <laughs> but yes. 
He is. No one's good at thinking on their feet when they're in a black rage, except for a very small percentage of the population. Um, Up at the top floor, which is where your daughter was, as you find yourself almost before you know it with burning legs, you're breathing very hard, you feel like you should be out of breath, but you're not, and you see before you two men in suits at the door. They're looking down alertly, but then as they see you, they relax a little bit, and one of them opens the door for you. That's not at all ominous. I walk through the door. I'm expecting you, Mr. Mercury. You find yourself in the same hall. It's silent as the grave. You can hear the fluorescence buzzing, the quiet sound of a television on, maybe in that lobby where you talked to Dr. Angle. No one in sight. You see your daughter's room. Yeah, I go in there. Now, this possessed by anger thing, how is this working out here? I mean, you are rushing off. Are you storming in, gun drawn, looking for the doctor? What's going on here? Uh, that's a very good question because I don't think he would want his daughter to see that side of him, but he is hounded by anger. You know that doctors typically don't just hover at the bedside of their patients. Right. I'm going to say when he's close to his daughter's room, he gets enough wherewithal to put the gun away and at least calm down a little bit before he walks in there. And that's when you realize one of the men from the stairwell has followed you quiet as a snake. Everything all right, Mr. Mercury? Where's Dr. Engel? He's the doctor that took over your daughter's case tonight. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Thank you. He puts his hand up to his ear, says something quietly. We don't have people everywhere, but it sounds like he's in the lounge taking a nap. And the lounge is where? He points. It's just around the corner past the nurse's station. Thank you. And I push past him and head down that way. He moves to follow you. You don't need to do that. It's fine. Uh... I'm sorry, sir, but... Uh, you don't need to do that. Uh, Mr. Shaw gave me explicit orders. <laughs> Mr. Shaw has... No, you really don't... You really don't need to do that. Hit him, hit him. Yeah, totally hit him. I'm asking you nicely one more time. I'm intimidating. I'll keep an eye on your daughter's room. Yeah, you do that. Thank you. He steps back, one hand going out placatingly, but the other hand hovering near the opening of his suit jacket. Really? Is this how we're going to be? He's stepping back away from you, one hand up, the other hand just hanging there. He continues to back away as you say that. When I say that, I have my hand in my jacket as well. Once he's back in the room, because I do trust, and I may regret this later, but nothing indicates that he's going to do anything if he's working for Shaw on my daughter's in good hands, even if I think they're slimy little bastard hands. Okay. Um. <laughs> Just so, getting more angry. That's right. God like damn it. The moment you calm down. got his fingers in every little section of my life. and kick fucking ass one of these days. God you know, you have more evidence of transgression against angle here than your lord had when he destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. You could probably just toss him out the window, and you're pretty sure God would be okay with that. Wow. Holy crap. Do it. Uh, That's not me holding out a Oh, you're not holding out a fate point. Okay. Uh, nope. Okay. I don't know if he's going to go that far, because he is a former That's cop. It's just the quiet whisperings of your rage. He is a former cop, though, and the two are... struck down with furious anger. Those exactly. Who... Yep. We'll see how he reacts upon his being so confronted. what are you doing, man? You're I'm going into the... outside the door. All right, I open weapon the... Weapon drawn. Okay, I put the weapon away. I open the door to the lounge. And there you see uh, the same unassuming, kind of nebbishy guy sprawled on the couch, unconscious, drool down his face. He's wearing ill-fitting scrubs. 
TV's on, looks like Desperate Housewives or something like that. He's in a position that can't be comfortable, but he's fast asleep. Is he the only one in there? Absolutely. There's a big plate glass window, rain pounding against it, the dark, anonymous night beyond. The first thing I do is close the door very quietly. (laughs) Great image. And I very quietly walk up to him, and I, in one fluid motion, grab him by the hair and yank him up by the hair. So that he's actually, like, not just sitting up, but he's lifted. To his feet? Yeah. Absolutely. He lets out a high girlish yelp, slaps at you as he's waking up, and then grabs hold of your forearm with both his hands and digs his nails in, trying to pull away. His eyes are blinking all roomy and red. He's clearly disoriented. He doesn't know what the fuck's going on. I punch him in the face. Oh, He goes sprawling down to the couch, holding his mouth, blood spattering on the tile. What? He manages and backs away from you. Now he kind of sees what's going on. He's looking at the door. He's looking at the window. He's still pushing back, though. He gets himself into the corner. I grab him by the throat. I read, he says, I read the record. Where is this necklace you've been using? I let go loud enough so he can speak. (laughs) <laughs> he reaches in, doesn't say anything, but just pulls out. It's a very nice little silver chain. There's a sphere with some sort of intricate writing on it. It's joined in the middle. There's little sigils and stuff etched into it with small holes in there. And you just feel this cold, sick feeling coming off the thing like it's looking at you. <laughs> He kind of holds it up as if it were an offering. I rip it from him. Oh, immediately, a bunch of tiny little spots on one arm feel all cold and then start burning. The same place where you were splattered in the barn just a couple weeks ago by something the wizard called Mordite. Oh, shit. Okay. Plumbers, I'm assuming, have pockets and yeah. that thing for tools and Picture shit. Picture a big old flight suit okay. thing with yeah. lots of pockets. Okay, so I put the thing in one of the pockets for now, and hopefully that'll... Oh. It pulses evilly against your skin. That's fine. It can do that all at once for right now. You, you, (coughs) shut up. You are dealing with powers of hell that you have no idea what they are, and you have no idea what danger you've put this city, these people, these children in. Do you really think it was going to end with saving lives? Do you not feel the evil emanating from this thing? Of course, of course. Well, then what the fuck were you thinking? Yes, you're absolutely right. I'm very sorry. No, don't placate me. I slam him against the plate glass window. Don't placate me. Not hard enough to break it yet. His eyes go wide. He holds very, very still. He is slick with cold sweat, and he's giving off the acrid, metallic stent of fear. You don't know what you are dealing with, and you may have put this city and maybe even the whole world in danger. I don't care about your fucking intentions. You should have trusted the feeling that I'm sure you got when you use this, because I'm getting it right now. He's gasping, nodding a little bit, but mostly just staring with impossibly huge eyes at you. Now, we can make this very simple. With the evidence I have against you, I have every reason to kill you and get it over with. But if you if you are honest with me, because I do believe at your heart you're a good man, a stupid, foolish man, but a good man nonetheless. So if you tell me where you got that... Of course, of course, anything you want, please put me down. I put him down, but I pull the gun out. He 
gasps, and then his eyes just fixate on that. He doesn't move at all. He kind of is half crouched as though he were going to sit down against the wall, and he just freezes like that, staring okay. at the weapon. And I keep it aimed at him. I don't. I, pardon me for. I don't remember. There are markings on this gun. I'm assuming, right? Like holy sigils or something. To, yeah, I think you decided that. I think uh, I did. I'm trying to remember. At least you may have had a cross hanging from the. Yes, the yes, 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 yes. From the grip of the. Yes. Okay, yep. that's right. You see this? This is from Almighty God, and when you look at it, you will feel His righteous wrath. <laughs> So before you think about placating me, you remember that it is by God's mercy alone that you are still living this life. Because any moment, I, as his champion, can snuff it out of existence with a single pull of this trigger. So when I ask you to tell me everything about that necklace and where you got it from and who you got it from, spare me the bullshit. Yes, yes, okay, okay. So, it was... uh, just a few months ago. So, down in the basement. Yeah. What are you guys doing? That was fun, by the oh, way. I wonder how David's <laughs> doing. <laughs> He's running into trouble? Hey, it's probably not. David, right. probably, but we got to figure out if that seed thing is still down here. Yeah, all right. Tell you what, I'm going to own up the old site here and hope for the best. Maybe there'll be some clue I can follow to get right. us down here. With luck, I won't go insane. All right. With luck. Stand back. Patoot, patoot. Rub, rub, rub. Open. Right. Well, give me a conviction roll. It's a mystical first, assessment action. Uh, first thing I do, I open up my site. That's automatic. Mm-hmm. You tell me what I see. I make a lore check to see if I can understand what I see. And then it's a discipline to defend against the attack of the okay. mental stress. I'd be happy to describe it in different ways based on your result, you know, varying levels of clarity, or we can just go with description and then explanation. What you like? Let me go and do the lore check first. So what's the intensity? Intensity here is four. Four. My lore is five, so that shouldn't be too bad. Total eight. Ooh. I'm going to try to stay out of his line of sight. Stepping yeah, I don't need to look back. at you. I don't need to see the true you. The words twist and writhe as you look at them and they are whispering what they say in urgent compelling sinister voices but just so interesting like you you're sure if you just listened a little bit more closely you could make out what they were saying you catch yourself Thank goodness it's called the sight and not the hearing. Yes. Uh, You catch yourself as you realize that the words have all kind of twisted together to form a swirling vortex, an outer gate leading to the beyond, ready to link to anyone who studies this too closely. All right. Well, that's damning. Like someone who looks at it with the sight, for example. Yeah, we're not looking at the words anymore. Averting your gaze? Yeah, I'm not shutting down the side. I'm turning the gaze away from the words. I'm looking in the general area in general, hopefully trying to find some clue as to where this egg supposedly might be. The words cover every square inch of this room. If you're going to look away from them, you have to look away from this room. And Yes, then yes, I will be looking away from this room. I got to move again. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) Step back out of the way. Uh, We went over here. 
the portal was drawing closer to you, or maybe you were drawing closer to it. Adam, you can see Ezra as he does this. His eyes go wide. He starts whispering something. He starts leaning further and further into the room. I grab the back of his shirt. Right as he whips his head around. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So what does he see? A figure made out of clay, but not Play-Doh, not modeling clay. I'm talking like old biblical clay. Yeah. The eyes and mouth are filled with fire, which are burning with almost a blue-yellow light. The body is perfectly sculpted. It's a piece of art, but it is obviously not alive, and yet it's filled with living fire. Where the arm is damaged in the back, you can actually see some of the fire leaking almost like a kiln that's cracked. You can kind of see the glow from the back shoulder. The clothes and stuff, anything that he's wearing is vanished. I mean, he looks yeah. like do, a... Do you, have, mobile, do you have Jewish sigils on your forehead? Kabbalistic sigils, Anna. yes. Right. And actually, there's stuff there from Jewish. There's stuff there in German. There's multiple different backgrounds. Right. So give me a role to defend against this. And you've got a five-stress mental attack coming at you as a result of this. All right, I got a five as well. Oh, so behind you... Oh, wait, 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 I'm sorry. No, sorry, discipline? Yikes. Okay, that's one. I'm spending a fate point. Puts me down to one. Using that hoodoo that I do at control of my mental facilities, and that puts it to six. Okay. And I'm shutting it down. You can feel the words or the portal creeping closer and closer to your mind, and you're able to... Shut that down. I'm going to say it's a painful process because it got some hooks into you and did not want to let go. No problem. You okay? Ugh. Ooh. Yeah. Not doing that again. Not down here anyway. Well, surprising no one, that stuff is actually, yeah, this Dr. Engel, whoever that is, obviously been tapping into power from the uh, outer gates, which is a huge crime. Huge magical like, crime. I don't know... The only stuff I know about your laws and the, the magic stuff is all the hearsay stuff I get. You, you say outer gates, outer beyond. What the hell are you talking about? Are we okay, so like there's our universe, and that includes – and our universe includes things like hell and fairy and everything else. They're, they're different dimensions, and they're different places, but they are still part of our universe. You're not going into the string theory thing, are you? No, I'm – no. What? No any rate, so that's all part of our universe, but beyond the outer gates, which I'm sure are just metaphorical, except for the last Dresden Files book, uh, beyond the outer gates is outside of our universe, beyond heaven, hell, fairy, earth, and all that. They're alien. They're not, you know, the demons might want to take over earth, but that's still part of our universe. These guys don't have any kind of thought. You've read Lovecraft, right? I was about to say, we're delving into Lovecraftian stuff here now. Yeah, he was on to something. Lovely. Anyway, no, when you when you truck with those guys, we call they're called outsiders. It's bad. It's alien, it's crazy, it's evil, and generally it's a high crime of wizardry, which means generally uh you get your head cut off with a sword. I got to yes. be honest with you, if this stuff is as bad as you're saying, I'm thinking Lovecraft now. Taking somebody's head off usually doesn't kill them. Well, it's usually a magical sword, but still the point remains. Yeah. Okay, so what do we got to do? Well, first off, we got to stop him from doing whatever it is he's doing, because if he's doing it, it's bad. That's probably what Michael's taking care of right now. I'm sure he's fine. 
the Castellaniatic is an outsider. That's that's something we've pretty much known or at least figured yeah. out. So now we've got to, it's you know, it's I say Michael. Yeah, you did. Sure, David's fine. Wrong Old Testament character. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm yeah, sure. Is there a couple jugs of bleach looking to shit out the walls? Would that help? No, it's it's well, it couldn't hurt. It's the ramblings of a madman, is what it is. Who's been influenced by the outsiders? We need to it's stop him. Stop said outsiders. Oh, he might know where the egg is. Now I think about it. Ooh, you were. Ooh, he might know where the egg is. Yeah, but you were leaning into this room like you were watching the best porn you've ever seen. Oh, no, I wasn't. I've seen better. <laughs> yes, but. you were. Why do you think I grabbed your shirt? Well, no, I'm just saying your your analogy is inaccurate. Well, that's what I saw. You went all slack mouth and started leaning in. You and I have different tastes in porn, sir. At any rate, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yes, porn. No. The, the guy, the guy <laughs> know where the egg is? No, that's just, that just happens when I open up the site and I see the universe as it both symbolically is and really is. And I got, it was grabbing my attention. I'm fine, though. We just really need to find that egg, and I'm betting that guy might know where it is. <laughs> we should go find David and this Engel guy, because I'm betting that Engel guy has some line on where this egg could be. I would agree with you. I just got to ask you something. What is that smell? Yeah, that... What? No, that that smell. It's the sickly, sweet smell overlaid with burning masonry or something. It's getting cold in here. I don't know. I think we should get out of this room. I I think we should... Yeah. Fine, let's get out of this room. I didn't want to be in this room in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get out of this room. We are out of this room. You think you can handle the elevator? I'm sure I can handle an elevator. All right. Because we're going up to the top floor. That's where his daughter is. That's where the angle guy probably is. You hear the sound of metal being dragged across the concrete, drawing closer. Hold on, we might have company here. I think Pyramid Head's coming. Pyramid Head? Never mind. At any rate. It's the character saying that. The player knows what you're talking about. (laughs) That's why I just, and I said, never mind to you. It steps around the corner, a withered, desiccated corpse, metal bound to it, spikes protruding from the metal as though it had been bolted to something, like as if it had been bolted to a wall at one point. Its eyes and mouth are both held open. There's a heavy collar around its neck from which dangles a thick length of chain. It's holding this in one mummified hand and the other end with what had been once a thick loop and bolt, now broken, sheared off jaggedly, is dragging on the floor, making that sound. It stops eyeing you. What the hell kind of hospital is this? Jacob Marley apparently went here. I was thinking that either that or somebody was into some serious S&M stuff. You do watch different porn than me. You get bored with the standard stuff after a couple decades. Let's talk about that later. Yeah. Um, you guys both like chains. Why don't you go uh, talk shop with him? See what happens. Yeah, my arm with the chain happens to be in a sling, wise ass. It stops at the end of the long hall that leads to this door, just looking at you. Doesn't make any sound other than the sound of the metal dragging and its own dry, papery footsteps as it walks slowly toward the pair of you. They used to chain up psycho inmates. They did, in fact. You've been places where they did that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying to Ezra, and that's probably not what I should say to him right now with the undead thing lurching toward us. Well, perhaps you wish you hadn't, but you did. 
All right, that's enough. We're down here in the fallout shelter. There's no big technology around here. I'm fairly certain I'm well below the hospital problems. That guy's getting a sound blast right to the head. The lights are out down here anyway. Okay, so here we are, guys. Uh, Conflict. There's two sides in this, obviously. You and the thing. thing. Yes. This area is one zone. No, I'll say the fallout shelter behind you is a separate zone. And it has the aspects of dark, cramped, and shelves and boxes everywhere. Let's roll alertness. Ugh, two. Gotcha. Four. Okay, I'll come back to you guys in just a moment. Aw, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want to handle this as an in-character discussion or kind of get the summary of it? We can go for in-character. Okay. Oh, uh, about a year ago, my boy, Lucas... Uh, he got sick, and uh, it turned out to be um, a previously unknown, extremely rare form of cancer affecting the red blood cells. Uh, it was fast. Uh, 90 days after the initial diagnosis, uh, it had metastasized, moved into all his major organs, and uh, he died of a complete systemic organ failure uh, just a few months later. Hmm. Um, my wife, uh, in some ways, I think she blamed me. You know, I've been fighting this demon uh, almost my whole life since I lost my grandfather to it uh, when I was a young boy and decided to move into the medical profession uh, as a result of that. And, you know, oncology specifically... And, uh, you know, I know it's not rational, but I kind of agree with her. And it was just too much for our marriage. Uh, and she left me. Um, and, uh, well, I went out, uh, there's, uh, an old prison, um, out in the desert. Yes. Um, well, I, I, I used to go out there sometimes out into the desert and, um, you know, I, I, I took photographs. It just, something about the emptiness and, and the sunlight there. It just, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, a pure place. And um, Lucas used to love it too. He thought it was, you know, spooky. Um, so, you know, I, I went out there and uh, I was taking a lot of photographs and stuff, just trying to trying to get through things. And, uh, you know, the whole time I'm working here at the hospital too, and I'm seeing little kids. Uh, and the same thing that took my boys taking them you know, and I can't stop it no matter what I do. And I was just thinking about that. Uh, and there's a, a quote over the door of the hospital there. Uh, you know, for man not, knoweth not his time, uh, you know, that we, we can be taken in an evil net without warning, uh, that death can suddenly fall upon us, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I really, I was thinking, uh, you know, I just was thinking about ending it. Um, and then there was this, there's this girl, uh, Faith. Um, and you know, that name, you know, uh, yes. a beautiful girl, um, Korean, you know, Korean, uh, Korean American, uh, girl. Um, and she came out there for photography too. And, uh, it's just like, like she just knew, you know, immediately what I was going through, um, I just, I'd never felt a connection like that with anybody, you know, not even, uh, with, you know, my wife, 
when we first met, you know. Um, and uh, we just started talking, and we, and we really, uh, we really got along. And uh, she shared some of her uh, spiritual journey with me. She'd been part of a group, I guess a lot of people would call it a cult, you know, up in the mountains, uh, you know, like a lot of these people are on an old farm or something like that. But uh, her her guru or whatever, this guy, um, Pace, he was really on to something. And she shared a lot of his teachings uh, with me. I, I never went up there or anything, you know, but, um, uh, and so, you know, with, with her, um, with her guidance, I started kind of doing, um, this lucid dreaming thing and that's where the design and he points to where you've got the necklace mm-hmm. in your pocket. That's where that came from. And I just, I just knew that I was on the right track. I just knew it. And so I built this thing and it just felt so right. You know, I knew I was, I knew I was doing something and faith brought me this stone. Uh, she said it had been given to her, uh, you know, by, um, her dream guide, uh, who she said was my dream guide. And that was why, uh, you know, that was why, um, so anyway, I put it in there. Did the dream guide have a name? Um, no, I just saw, uh, a figure, you know, light and, and robes and, you know, you never um, saw a face. Um, Sometimes it kind of looked like Luke. Your son. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, the stone, I put it in there. And, uh, after that, things just turned around. And, uh, you know, uh, the treatment started working. You know, we got some new drugs in. And, uh, uh, we were finally beating it. I mean, beating all of it, you know? Um, and I've had like uh, more than thirty kids come through uh, since then, and they've all just been completely healed. Um, and you know, some of the parents have told me a couple of the parents have told me that um, their kids' lives have really changed since then. Uh, so um it's clear that like he just he can't go on not coherently anymore tears are streaming down his face david is just staring impassively nice with the gun never wavering maybe the slightest bit of compassion in his eyes when he starts to lose it when i ask if that was his son but it's very fleeting for the record, he f- mm-hmm. feels much differently, but he's not showing it outwardly. So, as he's weeping and carrying mm-hmm. on, David says, I understand that your intentions are good here, and I understand that you have helped kids, and I, th- I commend you for that in and of itself. But you've got to know this comes at a price, and it's a horrible price. And you're meddling in things you know nothing about and there are consequences for that meddling that are beyond anyone's ability to rescue from he's nodding not in the 
placate the gunman way. Right. Kind of curled up on himself, rocking, but he's nodding along with it, tears pouring down his face. He's um, sobbing, but silently his body racked with sobs, and he's trying to catch a breath. There, let's see, how much should I tell him? I'll go with the gut. We'll get it later. There is a spore of a powerful, evil god that is under this hospital, and we're trying to find it, and we are trying to eradicate it before it grows into something much, much worse that we can't control. And I have very strong reason to believe that that stone that you have there is this egg, this spore. I, um... Uh... And whether you know it or knew that that was what you were feeding or not doesn't change the fact that you were. And while you have helped 30 kids, you have possibly condemned 30 million to death. Uh, what, what are you going to do? He looks it, up at you it like may for the not, first time, meeting your eyes, yeah. and uh, just becomes calm and almost resigned. It may not be up to me. Hmm. How much do I know about the laws of magic? It's sort of what you've heard Ezra say. But, you know, you operate under higher powers. Yes. <laughs> Though traditionally Christians weren't really great with people dealing with dark magic. Yeah. No, but these are different times. Oh, God, I... Hmm. <laughs> it's a lot easier when you're reading a book about someone who has to make this choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am within my rights to to kill you where you stand. But I have been in a similar place where you are. He swallows and kind of nods a little bit. I need you to answer me not that you haven't up to now, but I need you to answer me with every fiber of truth in your being. Yeah, and I probably shouldn't have mentioned the killing you part before asking this question, but... <laughs> he doesn't seem frightened. Okay. He seems remarkably calm. Have you felt the evil from this? He pauses, and it's not the pause of a liar putting together his lie. As okay. a comp, you've seen that countless times. This is a man reflecting deeply, looking into his soul. I always felt like I was doing the right thing. I understand that, but in addition to that, have you felt the evil that emanates from this? I can barely hold it in my, even in in my pocket here. It is calling to me. It is pulsating. It is... No. I had the sense that I was risking some of my own life to give it to those in my care but I never felt anything like what you're describing he bites his lip and looks down at his hands realizing that they've become clasped in the classic posture of prayer without him having known it Hmm. and he sets his forehead down on his clasped hands and just waits for whatever is going to come so, down in the basement. <laughs> oh, God, dude. <laughs> uh, I bet David's not running in these kind of problems. I mean, he's got some <laughs> nice, easy solution. Yeah, Thunderstep. Or rather, Adam, you have the first action. You said one of the aspects of the room was shelves and boxes? Yeah, shelves and boxes everywhere. 
Do I get a free tag on one of those or no? Absolutely. Wonderful. I'm going to use that and collapse some shelves on this fucking thing. Ugh. How so? Because you said it's like in the hallway slowly coming toward us. Mm-hmm. I'm and it's just it's one long hallway leading up to the room where you were. So I can't really do a domino effect, can I? Uh, not so much. Not so much. Well, with my good arm, I'm going to rip one of the metal shelves down and fling it at him. <laughs> Man, you are really strong. Do you picture this more as causing injury or maybe pinning the thing? In the back of my mind, I'm looking at an escaped insane asylum inmate that never admitted that he was dead. So I'm thinking the best I can hope for is just to pin the damn thing. Okay. Then what we're going to do is set this up as a block. Give me your roll. Am I doing might on this one as usual? Yes. And your result will be a block that this thing will have to overcome. You know, it's going to have to get past however many shifts you generate to do anything other than try to get free. Five. Ooh, that's not too bad, but you are a big, strong guy. So you wrench a shelf out of the wall. It's one with some medical equipment on it, and it goes tumbling down onto this thing, which just collapses like a bag of sticks pinned hey, to the floor. Room, let's move. Oh, all right. One moment, it's it's action, because already the shelf is shaking and bucking as the thing tries to rise. Let's see, you got five, right? Yeah. It shoves the shelf aside, rising up, but has not completely reached its feet. It's free, but is now standing back up, giving you a fraction of a second to act. Ezra. I'm blasting the learning. Excellent. Just using my standard route spell, Alshiren. Sonic Blast, so it's a five-weapon attack with my discipline. Depends with athletics. Did you want to tag any aspects or anything like that for that one? Not yet. Okay. We get to tag the first one for free, right? If they're Absolutely. environmental? You said there was one, like, crowded, cramped hallways? Yeah. Okay. It's a crowded, cramped hallway, and it's just channeling the Sonic Scream Blast straight awesome. down the hallway right at it. So that will give me a total attack of six. Nice. And a weapon five. Gotcha. Oh, Sharon! Man, one mental stress. It is blown back against the far wall outside the hallway. You know, there's like a T-junction or whatever beyond there. It bounces off that wall. Bits of metal and of flesh are torn from it. It cracks the wall where it hits and rises back up. Things tough. Adam. This thing is still moving, even after getting blasted to hell back and gone. Mm-hmm. And I wish my chain arm worked right about now. All right, Ezra, I want you to follow behind me. I'm done being subtle. I'm going to go ahead and... I strike you as a subtle person, Adam? I'm going to drop my good shoulder and bum rush it. Ah, okay. I'm going to charge, and if I can, I'm going to slam it into a wall. It's right next to a wall. Okay. It reaches out greedily as if to embrace you. Well, it's about to find out that <laughs> it's going to hurt, I hope. Okay. Inhuman strength. That would give me hammer blows, so this gives me a plus two to damage no matter what the hell I do. All right. Okay, got a five. Not too bad, but the thing grabs hold of you, desiccated fingers sinking into your flesh, tosses you upward. You slam into a light in the ceiling, shattering it, and then drop back down to the floor. I was not expecting that. That's a total of, well, just two stress after the result. I treat it as kind of an opposed role. Okay. And don't forget, I believe you have some supernatural toughness that can help you out with that. Yeah, and I 
should reduce it by one, if I remember correctly. Armor a one. Yep, so that'll reduce it to one. All right. I think I know what I'm going to do next time. It turns you, or at least at you. Okay. You have a chance to defend yourself. What are you trying to do? I'm curious as to what this might look like. Okay, so it's bringing one of its hands at me, right? No, it's trying to stomp down on you. At the moment, you're lying supine on the floor. I want to reach up, grab its foot as it tries to bring it down, and then wrench it hard sideways. Go ahead. I want to rip its leg out of its socket. I'll do this just the way we did with it resisting you. Roll your attack, basically, and uh, the difference will be what's important here, depending on who succeeds. Nine. Okay, oh, oh. I was all psyched because you were looking at a seven. So that's two for you. You grab it, the bone cracks under your hand, some of the leathery flesh tears, it twists easily. The thing is as light as you would expect, I mean, mummified corpse. Yeah. And what do you do with it? Well, if the leg comes free, I'm going to start smacking it over the head with a leg. The leg does not, in fact, come free, but you have a really good grip on it. Good, I'm going to smash him into the floor. Excellent. Ezra. You set him up, I'll knock him down. You hold him still, man. I'll shout in again. Did you stand up then, Adam? No, or I'm are you still, still laying down? down? I'm still okay. laying down. I'm going to leverage myself shot, then. up. Gotcha. You hold him right there. I got him. Uh, that hits with a three. Oof. Okay, this could be a tie, actually. That's Which not is a still very a good z- roll. That's still a zero hit with the five weapon damage, then. With five weapons, so that would still be five. Yes. Its head whips back. The oh, you know what? Two. Actually, I'm sorry. There's a plus one because of my wand gives me offensive control. Okay. So actually, that's a one. Even better. One. Let me go ahead and move that up here, then. In that case, the cage-like device that was holding its mouth and eyes open is twisted and blown back, tearing great gouts out of the skull from which naught but dust emerges. Nice. It staggers and goes down. Yeah, man. Take that. Boo. Yeah. Wizard. Adam. I'm going to leverage myself up. Stand up now, now that Ezra did his thing. Done. Is it still moving? Oh, absolutely. It's quite lively. All right. I'm curb stomping at them. Oh, one of my favorite combat maneuvers. There's no curb nearby, but there are some shelves. Yeah. And you could absolutely pay a fate point to tag that aspect if you wanted to. I will pay a fate point for that. And since this thing is obviously showing supernatural strength, I'm going to boost up my physical skills since I can. How much of a consequence do you want to take? I'm going to pump it up by three, so I'll take a three stress hit. Make a note of that, but remember you don't take that until the end of the scene. I'm assuming this is this. Mm-hmm. Four, five, six, seven, plus with the fade point, seven, eight, nine, ten. Starting out with ten and gained one, eleven. It's scrabbling to the side and pushing back, trying to, with raw strength, push itself out of the way. But you put its head on one of the shelves, it sounded like. Yeah. And with a stomp like that, it's like the shelf just disappears. At least the part of it that the thing's skull was in front of. The rest of it is all crumpled up and twisted like the remnants of a car accident. And its head is just gone. There's a couple teeth embedded in your foot now. This is why I get the heavy steel toe work boots. Yeah, that hurts. (laughs) Is it still moving? (laughs) It braces its hands to either side and tries to push up. Ezra. It's still moving? Absolutely. Just fall, damn it. 
I'm walking slowly towards it and just shouting, Alfshiren, Alfshiren, Alfshiren. Doing it like again and again and again? Yeah, let's say that, but, you know, just casting it once. Yes, that's fine. I like the special effect of that. Oh, that's a good roll. Eight. Ooh, nice. Plus weapon five. Oh, my God. And uh, <laughs> just because this is funny, uh, we have all negatives on the dice roll here. Good. Got a lot of stress. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's blasted down the hall continuously. You did all the damages. So go ahead and describe to me. Both you guys can tell me what this looks like. I'm imagining this thing is disassembled. but it's Just, I imagine it's bouncing back and forth off the walls as I keep shouting, yeah. oh, Sharon, oh, Sharon, ponging down the hallway, falling mm-hmm. apart with each slam. Each slam into the wall, it's probably leaving a little bit of a crater and a chunk of the body goes flying off. Ooh, each nice. Time. Tumbling and falling apart like a car. And at the end of this hall? The last bits just get embedded in the wall. Nice. I am seriously going to be feeling this shit in the morning. My head hurts. My everything hurts. Adam, don't forget to mark off your stress. Yep, I got it. So you can also box. choose to take that as a consequence if you want. The stress should go still, into the scene here. Yeah. I mean, I'm still dealing with the moderate consequence until I can patch myself up. So, yeah, I will deal with the stress. I got two boxes marked off. I'm fine. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Creepy undead thing coming out of nowhere to come say hi to us. I got to ask a question. How many more of those things are down here? And had we better haul some ass out of here? You don't really got to ask that question. I wanted to go upstairs anyway and find Dave. Yeah, let's go find Dave. Let's, let's go find quickly. Dave. Let's go. Okay, so cut to run, run, the run, lobby. Run. As the door opens behind you. Are we in new scene? Yes. Okay, so stress goes away. Yay. Thank you. As the door opens behind you, David, what do Adam and Ezra see? Damn it. I wanted to do something before. Well. Go ahead, we can write down and do it. Realizing this is my decision as a player, I still think I wouldn't be right to make the decision without praying and seeing what kind of a feeling or insight I get. I'm not asking you to choose for me, because I think I know what I want to do here. But before they come barreling in, when he says, what are you going to do? Realizing I'm taking a huge risk in doing this, I close my eyes and send up a prayer of, what should I do? What do you want me to do? You know, you can remember that the kingdom of heaven belongs to children. Jesus said that on more than one occasion. And also that all have sinned. Yes. I sense in you a good man. And like I said, I wasn't joking about being an instrument of God. And I would like to take you to... uh... It sounds so... (laughs) It sounds so... God damn it. I want to take you to a... Take you to a church and uh, you can... No, uh, it's it's good. I mean, so uh, many of the things that would be in the Bible, if someone came up to you and just said that, it would sound really bizarre. Yeah. But you are a bona fide messenger yeah. of the God of Abraham and Moses. It's not going to sound that way yeah. coming from you. Okay. I would like to take you to a church, and I think you have some sorting out to do with him. Uh, I've I been have... in a different circumstance, but I've been where you are and... I don't think God is done with you yet. I think I think maybe that might be good. So, when Adam and Ezra open the door, what do they see? I'm trying to remember and all the drama that has gone on here. I have the gun out. I'm pointing it at him. Yeah. Is he he's not on his feet. He is kneeling, kneeling. in an attitude of prayer and supplication. That's right. Okay. So, 
Hey, David, there's some creepy Lovecraftian doctor that we have to kill. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Awkward. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah, I think I've got what we need. Uh, and I rip off part of my jacket tail or shirt tail or I don't care which, whichever. Mm-hmm. And I take the stone out of my pocket. When my hand's in my pocket, I wrap the thing in the shirt so I'm not actually touching it. But I hold it out. And I show it to them, and I say, I think this is our egg. I'm pretty sure. I thought it would be bigger. Can I make a lore roll to see if I can get any magic mojo? <laughs> I could be wrong. Of <laughs> I, I could be wrong, but that's... Uh, yeah, please do. Uh, seven. Yes, this has the same feeling as those writings down in the basement. Ooh, and at me? its core uh-huh. is a piece of mortite. Oh, I don't know if that's an egg or a spore, but it's certainly something. Something bad. All right, well, grab the guy, and we'll take him down to the wardens. Uh, yeah, about that. What? Who? What? I'm sorry, I was just turning to leave the room here. What? <clears throat> yeah. You have a guy playing around with a chunk from unknown stuff outside, and you're playing nicey-nice with him? He did it with good intentions. I'm not saying what he did with yeah, I'm not saying, that's... hey, I'm not saying what he's done is in any way right. Isn't the road to hell paved with good intentions? Yes, but yeah. a lot of times people who have been on that road, once they see the road for what it is, can change. You're a cop. How many times have I didn't know I was doing wrong ever worked as a defense? Again, I'm not defending. He has consequences. Kind of he's going to have to. No, he has consequences. I'm yeah. just not willing to execute him in cold blood right here. No, that's why we're going to take him to the wardens and let them do it. Oh, Ooh. this doctor, by the way, is just a, a little, very plain-looking man, kind of rough, of stiff, dark hair receding from his head. Uh, he's standing there with his head bowed, his arms together, almost like a shackled prisoner with a hood over his head. Okay, he's creeping me out. Look. I walk up to him and I go, hey, Doc. He looks up. He just looks utterly exhausted. And I look at Adam. I I get in Adam's, not in Adam's face because we're too far apart. This guy is right next to you and Adam's coming up and getting in his okay. grill. You absolutely can get Okay, so face. I get in his face, but not in a, for once, I don't want my hounded by anger thing to be in. The, I look him in the eye and I say, he was saving children. Was he That's saving not- children or was he infecting them with Castadonyantic spores? Well, we have to figure that out, but as far as he was concerned, he was safe. Look. You want to make sure there's not an egg in your daughter. Yeah, I am aware. I am well aware. I am not saying that this makes him free and clear. I mean, hey, yeah. if you are so dead set on this, then you soul gaze the bastard and figure out. I, I told you about soul gaze. You did. I've been reading my I newsletter. I by the shoulder with my good hand and gently move him. I will take him to the wardens, and then I will let them deal with him. Doc, can you hear me? Look, um, yes. What can you tell us about the thing in the basement? Oh, God, I can't. Oh, yeah, there's also a zombie in the basement. There's another law. I can't go through all that again. What thing in the basement? What are you talking about? There was something in the basement that was covered in chains and metal. It looked like somebody had been doing experiments on it at some point in time. I know. I, I locked up the old fallout shelter because... Please, can you just ask David? I can't go through all that again. I'm not asking you about what happened to your son. I read the walls. I understand your pain better than you even think you anybody could. I'm asking about the thing that tried to kill Ezra and I. I don't know what you're talking about. 
he's looking back and forth between the two of you desperately and then looks over at you, David, with pleading eyes. These are some of the consequences I was telling you about. What are they talking about? What are I, they talking about? I don't know. There was something down there. It looked like one of the old inmates that would have been chained to a wall in an insane asylum. I don't, I don't know. I never saw anything. I don't know what you're talking about. It got up and started coming directly at I don't know what you're talking about. The price. Were you honestly trying to save children? Yes, yes, yes. Are you seriously Ezra, listening to this, Goon? Ezra, Heck, what? Is that thing the spore? I don't know. I don't know if it's the spore. I've got some experiments and some things to check out, but it's certainly not good and not something a good person would have about them. It's got mordite in the center of it, which is basically calcified death. It feels very calcidonyantiki. So what you're saying is he could conceivably be a pawn in someone else's game, Mr. Coyote Dealer, with, sir? I'm saying he could be someone who's raising the dead and summoning outsiders and dealing with them. Coyote is not an outsider. He is part of our universe. Thank you very much. Coyote, self five, and cast it on Yantic is something outside, alien, and inimical to our life. Also, zombie in the basement. Worth noting. Dr. Angle. Big tough one, too. Let me tell you. Yeah, sorry. I missed that. Question. Both take it down. You know what? Why don't we show me? And also, as long as we're here, why don't we grab at least two jugs of bleach so we can clean that frickin' room? Good idea. Now to avoid hospital security. Did you use that why stone on my daughter? Why avoid them? We're with the no, doctor. I never prayed over your daughter. When I saw what happened, that's why... When we were talking, I talked about how I had seen miraculous things, and I was willing to let your daughter go. That's because, that's because, you know. Um, but no, I never prayed over your daughter with that. I just, I was, you know, put in here because, uh, you know, the the regular, um, you know, I was just filling in tonight. Okay. David and Doc, come with us. All right, come on. I guide him gently but firmly. I want to live. <laughs> By the shoulder. And I right. take the all the way down and show off what's left of the zombie. Where is this guy being taken? All the way down. To where we were. Yep. And I will all right. As we're in the elevator. Hey, Doc, what's up with the high-tech Star Trek lab? What? This is the, uh, you know, the newer wings of the building. Who's funding that? Um, It's... It comes from, you know, grants from a lot of people. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm an oncology doctor. I'm not on the board of directors or anything, but I know they I have fundraisers and is. stuff. Um, it's the study of cancer right. um, and the treatment the treatment of various cancers. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, I'm in children's oncology, and um, I deal with cancers of the immune system. Um, Smart ass robots. We got nothing. But this, um, I guess you know. Oh, probably. um, You know, uh, there's a lot of celebrities and stuff who live here uh, sometimes, and you know, there's big charity events and stuff to get money for this kind of thing. And uh, by this point, now you're down in the catacombs. And David, just picture, you know, or I guess blanket, you know, imagine (laughs) the aftermath of that battle what it would look like down here holy shit or unholy shit is more accurate Mm -hmm. good good god 
And the way he says it, he does not mean it in vain. One critter, too. And I look Dr. Engel in the eye and I say, that This is where I was um, just down there. The he price. At the, at the fallout shelter. That's uh, that's where I was keeping my writings. Yeah. That's where um, that's where the the spirit guide, you know, told me to. He almost doesn't seem to see the devastation in front of him. Uh, the rest of this, I, I don't know. I don't know what Spirit you're talking guy. about. What? I'm assuming the chains and the head brace and other stuff like that. Almost unrecognizable fragments of that stuff all buried in the walls and floor yeah. and mixed in with the wreckage of shelves and records. Well, I'm going to pick up some of this stuff. Does it look old? Like oh, stuff yeah. I would recognize from maybe a century ago. Yeah, turn of the century at the latest. I look at Ezra as he's doing it. When his son died, he uh, got hooked up with a woman who was part of a cult who had a guru named Pace. I don't know if that rings a bell for yeah, you. Yeah, that's the guy we gave to the uh, fairies. Connection. Oh, shit. Player stupid moment. Okay. All right, I wasn't around for that. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. But that was that's uh, the uh, when you shot a bunch of people in the cult. Okay, Over that, there, we gave cool. pace to the uh, Turlianchi. Yeah, I may have... Uh... The other guy that I kind of, sort of have a deal with. <laughs> I think I might be in debt to. Kind of, sort of. Jesus Christ, Ezra. They're Sorry, fine. Lord. Do you sell your soul, or are you just leasing purchase? <laughs> it's a business arrangement. They helped us. I helped that. You know, scratch the back a little, you know? Is it a you are playing with some dangerous, dangerous fire, Ezra. What the... Ah, Trillian, she was a fine guy. He was nice. Liked him. I'm not even sure I have a soul, and I know I The doctor be- is shuffling among the wreckage <laughs> here, like a man in the ruins of a, of his city, aimlessly picking up things and sort of tidying scraps of paper. He looks completely lost. I will say one thing about whatever it was that attacked us. There's a side of me that kind of wishes I got some of these pieces off of them intact. They would make a killing on the antique market. And I'm not kidding. This is original gear from some of the old psych awards. Huh. Well, what do you know? <laughs> Did this hospital even have a turn-of-the-century psych ward? Was this hospital here at the turn of the century? Uh, that's a better question. Oh, yeah, you would know that. Yes, the original building was. It burned down not long after the great quake in San Francisco. Separate incident, not connected. It burned down, but then had been painstakingly rebuilt, almost literally brick by brick, over the following 10, 20 years, funded by the citizens who consistently voted to pay for it, despite the Great Depression and stuff that was starting to take effect. Did they have a mental health ward? Uh, no. You think a lot of the really dangerous kooks and stuff like that were kept in a prison out way out in the desert. There's a prison way out in the desert that had criminally insane people that, assuming Dave has brought us up to speed on what he got off the doctor here, this doctor apparently went to. Uh, So why would one of the bodies from that era wind up here in this hospital? He's working for the Castadon Yontic. I mean, the body's working for the Castadon Yantic. This guy's working for Castadon Yantic. I'm surprised this rain's not working for the Castadon Yantic. I think the rain was for the fish people. Uh, they're probably working for him, too. This is starting to piss me off. I'm actually starting to get a little happier because everything's starting to fall together. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm going to bleach the walls in there. I'm fine with that. Why don't we make him do it? Hey, Doc, give me a hand here. Sure, sure. Whatever. Oh, here's a hand Anything. right over here. 
in this. Came off that monster. Absolutely. You can totally have an intact, still twitching hand. Nope. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. I see it's still twitching. It goes right back into the corner. Maybe for every child you saved, one of these uh, prisoners was resurrected or released. Maybe they are the children he saved. Don't even joke about that. Not joking. Saying if he's been using Castanian technology on him, trademark, who knows what kind of energy or spore he's put into the children he quote, quote, saved. How about this? We check out one of the kids... You prayed over, Doctor. Would that be okay? Sure. Um, okay. Yeah. You want names, Doc? Yeah. Okay. No problem. How come I got to be bad cop? What the hell? Where did I get from? Mm -hmm. You're the bad cop. I'm not a bad cop. He's kind of like scrubbing. Yeah, I know. know? That's the problem. I'm helping the Doc scrub. We check out one of the I'm a champion of God. I'm a former cop. Never forget that distinction. Yeah. Uh, we got to wrap up here soon, gang. It's yep. yep. I yeah. was thinking that this would be a good place to wrap up here. Yeah. All right. So, first of all, good, bad, and the ugly. That was a... F- you deserve an Oscar, sir, for the portrayal of that doctor. Holy shit. Yeah. That was... That yeah, was well, awesome. Well, Thank you very much. That was a hell of a job. That rivaled... Thank you. That, in a very different way, that rivaled Nikki's drunk Zephyr. Which was really, really cool. So uh, I'll take that as high praise indeed. Thank you very much. I got to admit, that thing downstairs, that had a good amount of creep to it. I like that. Good. I'm glad. It's hard to get creep into a game at all. It is. I I don't know. I've had some players. (laughs) I've been some players. (laughs) Gentlemen, I need to get going. All right. Yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Yep. Thanks a lot. Yeah, you guys this put was a lot an... into this. It was great. You did as well, sir. That was amazing. And there you have it. Boy, I know I said it in the session itself, but my God, that was just an amazing performance by Mr. Trilobite. Would you not agree? That goes right in the archives as one of the better character performances, I think. I just can't say enough good things. So what's up next for you, my wonderful listeners, who have stuck with me through thick and thin, through vast quantities of patient waiting and other things while I get my editing butt in gear. Well, I'm going to give you a special treat for the next Monkey Stuck My Jetpack. First of all, because I feel you deserve it, and second of all, because it'll allow us to stew over this cliffhanger for a bit. And that is a jetpack flashback. So what I'm going to give you is the first time that we gamed with Trilobite. And it was not Dresden Files. It was not Barbarians of Lemuria, which has been posted here. It was actually a Wushu game. So we're going back to our roots, in a sense, because the first two issues of Monkeys Took My Jetpack were made up of the wonderfully glorious game of Wushu. And so next issue, Monkeys Took My Jetpack number 61, will bring you Time Commandos with minimal editing. So you won't be waiting another three months for it, I promise. And on that note, I thank you so much for listening, and I remind you that your imagination is just like a jetpack. 
gotta keep it fired up, and always, let it soar! Okay, I don't think I'm ever doing it that way again. That was kind of lame. <laughs>